This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's not a very good shot, but we use some pretty big bullets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Metaphorically, not an inaccurate way of describing our show. I think it nailed it. I think that he, uh, Hellboy, the movie that we're talking about today, from 2004, directed by the Guillermo del Toro. You said it right. The I, first of course time. I did. The first try. I'm a professional, but yeah, I, I cannot this say his name. for like 10 minutes today saying Guillermo del Toro. See, I know it's not a difficult name to say, but I still stumble every time. I want to pronounce the L's for some reason, and it always messes me up because I, I skip them like That's you're supposed mostly to. Mostly because America. Right. But yeah. But then course. I end up putting it in the place of the R, and it's just a, it's a mess. It's so what does it say? Now, the thing is, I'm putting a lot of focus into saying Guillermo del Toro yes. every single time, and I think once I get past the Dell, I'm golden. Oh, absolutely. But give it a shot. Guillermo del Toro. See, look at that. It felt wrong, though. Yeah. It looked wrong on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hellboy. Hellboy. We're finally at Hellboy. We're doing Hellboy. Have you ever seen Hellboy? I've never seen Hellboy. And what are your thoughts? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. I was like, hey, this is fun. Once you get past that intro. The 15 it, it minute becomes... long intro. Yeah. It is so long. Yeah. And you've seen this, haven't you? I am unsure at this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I know I've seen the second one a few times. Okay. And watching this again, there were a few things I kind of remembered. Yeah. But overall- so maybe not. I don't know. I Clueless. I, I like it. I You've like seen it quite it a now. bit, in fact. Okay, I think that's it's good. pretty damn good. I, I enjoyed it a lot, yeah. actually. Uh, this is going to be a long one. It is. D- talking about it, so- A lot happens. Yeah, a lot happens. Just want to get into it? I think we should. Fire away. We begin, as we always do, with John Hurt, sorry- Sir John fucking Hurt right. asking us, what is it that makes a man a man? <laughs> Happens every week, but here we are once I, again. I, he always questions that, and uh, is what? he ever going to answer what it? What is I don't it know. That makes a man a man. Then, of course, the VO goes on to give a whole shitload of exposition. It's 1944, nearing the end of World War II, and Hitler is resorting to the occult in a desperate attempt to be the bad guy. Because you got to have Nazis or the occult. Might as well combine them so we know who to root against. Exactly. Somewhere on an island off the coast of Scotland, young Professor Broom and some American troops arrive at a set of ruins and find a group of Nazi scientists led by Rasputin. Right. First of all, extremely fucking cool that it's Rasputin. It is. Secondly, for these guys sneaking up on these Nazis, they're yelling an awful lot. They are not being they subtle. Are very, very loud. Yeah. Well, Americans. America. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Rasputin and his mistress, Ilsa, who are both played by actors <laughs> Carl Rodan he's an actor yeah he's been in things I've heard of his name I couldn't tell you anything he's in I thought his name was Carol no which nah, it's, it's Carl. not it's it's Carl yeah but it's phonetically separated into two syllables correct Carl just like, like Superman's I uncle I was just gonna say <laughs> Superman's uncle Carl <laughs> Carl sounds like he's like no nah, my uncle Carl he's got a he's got a dealership in the valley or whatever he one lives next door to some uh <laughs> Food items. Uh, uh, Carvel? No. 
Like Meatwad and Master Shake. And- oh, got it. All right. <laughs> this is your chance to do your Meatwad. Go ahead. No. You're passing? I'm going to pass. Oh, that's a mistake. You're so good at it. This is your chance to shine. Now you're goading me on. Yeah. Trying to see if I'll do it despite saying pass. Fair enough. Yeah. You're going to do it. <laughs> you're totally going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm going to move on with what else happens in this movie. So they're protected by a mysterious dude in a gas mask named Cronin, who's also played by an actor. Yes. It's awesome. He's like a dude in a mask. I like, called him Nazi assassin. He is like a Just robot easy. Nazi assassin. Yeah. And this guy is supposedly Hitler's top assassin. Of course. So, it's all in the history books, as we all saw in the movie everybody Downfall. Everybody remembers. It's that, you know, the guy with the bug eye mask. Yep. The, the man in the iron mask. Right. The Nazi in the iron mask. Leonardo DiCaprio. I almost said Del Caprio. Del Caprio. Just because I'm in that mindset. Yeah. You got to say Del. <laughs> it's a little it's gonna mess up, man. There it is. <laughs> Leonardo Del Caprio. Rasputin attaches himself to a mysterious device designed to open a portal to another dimension and awaken forces known as the Seven Gods of Chaos. Uh, exposition. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which appear to be some kind of space kraken caught in the Phantom Zone. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. So as the portal opens, the American troops are like, shit, I guess we should do something. Now we should. Now that we snuck up on them so loudly, we need to do something. <laughs> so they start throwing grenades at them from behind like this one little wall, killing some scientists and whatnot. So obviously, they're all going to start fighting. Of course. Typically happens in war. Professor Broom takes a grenade off of a fallen soldier and launches it just beneath the portal. But Cronin is like, hey, don't do that. And he takes it away. But he can't get to it. <laughs> he reaches for it, and it goes off. It destroys the portal, takes off Cronin's right hand, and now he's impaled by a, a piece of shrapnel. Sure. And he's definitely dead, probably. Without a doubt, he's right. dead. He's, he's impaled. He's attached yeah. to like a column. The guy who we just got the only backstory on so far, definitely dead. Definitely dead. And Rasputin is sucked into the portal. Yeah. Bad guys are gone. Movie's over. We did it. We solved the problem. Professor Broom, because the movie's not over, Professor Broom instructs the remaining soldiers to search the island, fearful that something may have come through the portal before they could close right. it. Right. He said, oh, the portal's been open for too long. Something definitely came in. It's like, why didn't you just shut the shit or even prevent it from being open in the first place? So just watch it. Yeah. Why did we wait until it opened to start doing something? That's ridiculous. So Broom and his soldier... Go searching, and they come across this strange little red monkey-like creature with a massive stone hand. Right, and the quote here is, look at the size of that whammer, because hey. dialogue. So the soldiers are scared of it, but Broom is like, hey, I never go to war without a candy bar, so <laughs> I got this. And he attracts the creature with a baby Ruth, and that's when everybody's like, oh, this thing, whatever the hell it is, see what I did there? Yeah. It's not scary at all. It's harmless. Yeah, let's so they take a, a picture of it. a terrifying name. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well- a bun- they're a bunch of bullies. They're, they are. They're Americans. America, they're like, yeah, yeah. Hey, this baby over here, let's give it a really unfortunate nickname. We'll call it Hellboy. I was so convinced that you're going to say, let's call it Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I was so convinced. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I should have. We're going to name this baby Hot Tub Time Machine. And then we get the opening credits. What feels like halfway into this movie. This movie is two hours, two minutes long, and this opening just took up 15 minutes. Yeah. At this point, I was convinced we're not getting opening credits. It's just going to be the movie, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. But then they were like, here's the opening credits now. And these last for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all, it's modern day with headlines and newspapers and, and all sorts of stuff. Basically, Hellboy, now played by Ron Perlman, and is all grown up. Sure. He's an urban legend, like Bigfoot. Like the Jersey Devil. Like the Jersey Devil. But he's the Jersey Devil right. now in this universe. Except there's way more evidence that he actually exists. 
It's true. Because we see so many newspapers and tabloids and pictures and enough that Jeffrey Tambor has to go <laughs> on TV. Tom Manning yep. is, is the character's name, but he's Jeffrey Tambor. And he's he's answering questions about this recent photograph. And he's like, how come he's always blurry? Like, that's a defense. I mean, we're in a, a time now where he could just say, I was making a joke. I misspoke. Yeah. Defenses are not hard to make ever. I'm but learning. Then he, People then, just buy the shit. But then he just flat out denies the existence of Hellboy. He's like, yeah. Hellboy is not real. More like fake boy. Am I right? <laughs> Professor Broom is an old man now, played again by John fucking Hurt. Yep. And as such, is going to die soon because he's an old man. Yeah, old people tend to not live terribly long. When you look at him, you're like, man, you're too old. Man, this guy is old. Yeah. But they do say like 60 years later. That's that's a lot because he looked old. In he had the an opening established scene. career to open the movie. Yeah, he's the kind of scientist they send out on the front lines of war. So you know he was like <laughs> right, valuable to the world. <laughs> uh, he has cancer, and, and there's not a lot that can be done about it. Basically, meanwhile, a dude on a scooter arrives at a waste management plant in Newark, New Jersey. Appropriate. If the Sopranos has taught me anything, it's that. There's absolutely nothing suspicious about like a really fancy, high-end, lucrative <laughs> waste management company in North Jersey. Uh, fair. Very fair, in fact. Nothing suspicious at all. Right? There's like a fire fountain. As there is at all waste management companies in North Jersey, of course. And there's also secure gates that require a retinal scan. <laughs> a retinal scan. Yeah. I'm from North Jersey. This is typical. I get it. It felt like home. Keep going. He activates the speakerphone and identifies himself as John Myers. It's played by Rupert Evans. The part was offered to Jeremy Renner, but he was like, I don't fucking get it. So he didn't, he didn't take the role. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. He read the script and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I can't get into the character. Get your paycheck, bud. It's a major role. Yeah. In a major motion picture. Jeremy Renner. I always forget how highbrow he is. The star of the movie Tag. (laughs) Right. John Myers is an FBI agent reporting for assignment. He's taken down a secret elevator into a gigantic laboratory with a water tank in the middle where he meets a fish man that really wants him to turn the pages of his book. Abe Sapien. Abe Sapien. We'll find out in like 2017 that Guillermo del Toro spent more than a decade thinking about how this fish man would fuck. Not wrong. <laughs> and it was time well spent because it did win him Best Picture for The Shape of Water. It did, so, but, mm, but you, you can't tell me this wasn't what got him on that track. Oh, it probably was. He cast the same guy. It's Doug Jones. Doug fucking Jones. Doug, Doug fucking Jones. Right. He Everyone is... thinks of Andy Serkis whenever you think of these type of performers that yeah. are very physical. Yeah. And I think Doug Jones is Doug Jones, almost especially second to none. if it's a tall, skinny one. It's going to oh, be he's Doug the best Jones. tall, skinny one. <laughs> Just so good at being tall and skinny yeah. and not human. Right. It's the best, in fact. The character is voiced by David Hyde Pierce. Of course. Uncredited, though, because he wanted to make sure that Doug Jones got his due. Oh, good. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, don't put me in the credits. I'll just tell everybody afterwards. Right. Still living off that Fraser money. Yeah, we know it's you. <laughs> we know it's you. The craft services table has tossed salad and scrambled and eggs. And scrambled so. eggs. Can you imagine that? It's like when they're doing the ADR for this stuff, and there's just a, a chair in the room where you have like, oh, Ron Perlman's got to do his lines over, and then the other one just says Maris. <laughs> it's like that's how much of a mystery they kept this one. <laughs> yeah. Professor Broom introduces himself and the fishman, Abe Sapien. And Myers is about to introduce himself, but Abe interrupts and just starts spewing facts about about Myers. They're just Myers facts. Just, here we go. Boom, boom, boom. And, Thrilling. And he's like, fuck is this about? Broom is like, Abe has a unique brain. He's kind of psychic. Right away, red flag for me, if I'm just going to a new job. Yeah. If anyone says, like, hey, this guy here, careful, psychic. Be real <laughs> careful. And you want to know what Myers is probably thinking? 
I wonder how that thing fucks. Yeah. And he's like, wait, we'll find out. 10 years. Give me 10 years. It's not even 10. It's like 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Del Toro spent some time thinking about it. Yeah. All right. I got it. I got to put this on paper. I do. Got to write this down. Occupying too much space in my brain. He slept in like a decade at that point. He's like, I have to write this. I have to. Do you think the name of this this spec script started out as How Abe Sapien Fucks? (laughs) That's very good. For what it's worth. So this was an issue I recently ran into. Uh, this is a, a fatherhood story of how my kid likes to pretend that she's a mermaid. Yeah. That's what kids like to do. Sure. And I was like, all right, mermaid, you got to go potty. And she goes, mermaids don't go potty. And I went, why do you, why do you think that? And she went, because the tail. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, do we have this conversation or we just push past this? Yeah. That's, ooh. Yeah. Glad it wasn't me in that yeah. situation. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't say, well, that's why she had to, like, give her voice away, because she needed the legs so she could could finally take a piss (laughs) or something. Fish poop. They do poop. There you go. It's true. Solved it. Right? Fish poop. Moana taught me. Fish pee in you. Fish. You poop. Fish poop. I've never seen Shape of Water. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay, that's probably a deleted scene. Yeah, for sure. Just a little stringy shit coming out of (laughs) Doug Jones, and it just you see it just land on her chest, just... Uh, <laughs> drawn yes. on it's like the old lake erie steamer right, like someone's making a patisserie like piping work on it or something <laughs> do you want me to write a message <laughs> happy birthday to who so broom explains that this is the bureau for paranormal research and defense which totally doesn't exist but we have lots of branded merch and myers is like cool i guess i'm on the newest recruit of this place that doesn't exist perfect meanwhile somewhere in the snowy mountains of moldova Ilsa, who was granted eternal life by Rasputin, because we didn't want to recast her in the future. Correct. And Cronin, who is alive, surprise, he didn't die. Oh, what a twist. They're hiking to a sacred location, and they kill their guide and use his blood to resurrect Rasputin in a really cool-looking scene. It's amazing. You see the blood flow through like this labyrinthine, yeah. like, cut out in the stone, and then it just pools up in the middle, and Rasputin just, he just rises, rises on up. Rises from the pool of blood. How familiar are you with Rasputin? Not very at all. So do you know kind of the myth behind him? Barely. Okay. So Gregory Rasputin was a real person. Yes. He was looked at as this sort of mythological type healer man. And there's a lot of myths that like, yeah. no, he fucked like crazy. And he used that as like a way of, <laughs> of healing, if you will. But he got very in with the Romanovs in Russia in the early 1900s. Natalia? Yep. Natasha? Yep. Her too. Both sisters. I don't know who. They're, they're the same Q person, but, but one is the, the comic version, one's the MCU version. It's a good point. He got him with them, and uh, some Romanovs were very concerned about this and saying, like, oh, well, he's going to completely destroy the entire family, the entire structure of everything that we have here. So there was, like, a nephew, Yusupov, mm-hmm. and he said, like, we got to kill this guy. We, he's way too deep. He's going to ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he arranged <laughs> way to- too deep. He invited him over for dinner. And at said dinner, he managed to put it in the cellar for whatever reason. And he started pouring cyanide into Rasputin's wine glass. Yeah. To which- As you do. It didn't work. Oh. The man just kept on living. Yusupov's ass is like, hey, you feeling all right? He's like, I feel a little fucky in the head, but more wine will fix that. (laughs) And he just kept going. And it was to the point that Yusupov was just like, fuck this. Pulls out a gun, shoots the guy. Yeah. He's laying there. They take his pulse. He's dead. They leave the room because they're trying to figure out a way to get the body out without sure. looking shady because he is high up within this family. They go back in and they have a weird feeling like, I just got a feeling he's not dead. 
Sure enough, he opens his eyes. <laughs> he is not dead. No shit. Yeah. So then they end up beating him. As you do. There's rumors that they castrated him. Yeah, of course. And they put two more in his chest and one in his head. Yeah. Just to really- Just to make sure the job yeah. is done. But that's not even what they did to make sure the job was done. They ended up tying him up, yep. putting him in a burlap sack, and throwing him in the river to right. drown him. Right. Days later, when they found his body, he had untied himself somehow. What? And it looked like he was trying to escape, but he did drown. Ah. Uh. So that's what that's actually the trick. got him. And that's kind of where this Rasputin of you can't kill me comes into play yeah. because of how difficult it was to assassinate Gregory Rasputin. That's insane. Yes. It's completely insane. And the only report that we have of this is this Yusupov guy, his telling of it. So it's one of those things of like, he had the chance to say like, no, I actually just put one straight into his head and it was over. Yeah. Instead, he makes a myth out of this guy. Wow. Which is interesting. It's very interesting. Because that doesn't make you look like a very competent killer. Right. But here we are now. <laughs> but here we are. You know what I attribute him him living to? What? Sexual healing. That's got to be it. It's got to be. Yeah. Song's been around that long. We all know that. Yeah. It was done- It was Rasputin's Way back song. in the day by Cole Porter. Whenever he walked into a, a room, it's just sexual healing. But, but when you put it on the actual record- This is sexual healing. You love that trick, don't you? It's a good trick. <laughs> You could do anything with that. Yeah, it's true. There's a fly ball deep to right field. <laughs> we have production value here now. Yeah. And it's in the form of a bourbon glass. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Don't reveal all the trade secrets. Oh, no. The sausage has been made. And now you know. Just to put a button on that story about Rasputin, the family actually did collapse like four years after he died because of the Bolshevik Revolution. So yeah, well, there you go. That checks out. It just didn't even work out either way. Yeah, good this for This guy them. died an awesome death. And for what reason? I don't know. Just it's awesome, though. Just to have an awesome death, yeah, I guess. Get a beer named after him way in the future. Yeah. There you go. The more you know. Maybe that's worth it. I, I hope to find out one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking this old Dave. <laughs> so Myers has given a brief history of the BPRD and its activities, and then he's introduced to a superior, Agent Clay. Hey, Dave, you want to learn something? You want to learn something right now? I don't. So let's keep moving. This is great. Hellboy. Yeah. Played by Ron Perlman. Wait, no. Are you disguising an IMDb trivia fact without an introduction to it just to annoy no. me a little further? Me? <laughs> me? I would never. Hellboy, played by Ron Perlman, works closely with Agent Clay, played by Corey Johnson, at the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Clay Morrow was the name of Ron Perlman's character in Sons of Anarchy. Great. This has been a fake IMDb trivia fact. I mean, the, the fact itself is true, but it wasn't on IMDb. That was an extra one just from me. I hate it. This is, a, this is a worse bit than usual. Yeah. I made it worse. I made it more painful. <laughs> Honestly, oh, I man. fully expected to come across that when I was reading the facts, and I couldn't believe it wasn't there. You could add it. I will. I intend to. I will There won't. you go. The world doesn't need more IMDb facts. You're right. You're absolutely right. So Broom gives Myers a couple Baby Ruth bars and wishes him well. Baby Clay, Ruthie? Baby Ruthie. Clay brings Myers into a room and introduces the BPRD's pride and joy, Hellboy. Hellboy is... Less than stoked about Myers' arrival, seeing him as just another of the endless security measures he has to live under. I mean, and the guy lives in a safe. Yeah. For the most part. It's got to suck. A little bit. He's just working out his left arm, because, you know, his right arm is already- It's great. It's golden. It's a hell of a whammer. It's, uh, he's got like a Federer arm. You ever see like a, t a pro <laughs> tennis player, like Federer? Yeah. It's the forearm on the, the racket hand is enormous. It's, uh, it's crazy, the way those tennis players are built. 
I would imagine it looks an awful lot like whatever Sean Muldowney's jerk-off forearm looks like. <laughs> it's got to be the same thing, I right? I don't want to think about that. That's fair. I, I didn't talk about the mustache. I was going to say, I imagine his forearm has a mustache of its own. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> just leaned in. Just, I'm just going to grow so many more mustaches. People want to talk about my mustache. Oh, I'll give God. them more to talk about. <laughs> talk about me, please. Does the lip match the drapes? I've never seen a mustache above a nose before. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So an alarm goes off and interrupts their introduction, and Hellboy joyfully sets out to go to work. Quick question. Yeah. What do you think of the look of Hellboy? He looks awesome. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I do. Okay. I have some issues with it, because I think... Makeup wise, it looks unbelievable. Yeah, that. Oh, I thought that's what you're asking. But Ron Perlman wise, I I think that he sometimes looks like he's a very very built man. Yeah, and then sometimes he looks a little too skinny, and it's very weird to me. I don't. I didn't pick up on that. Okay, in some shots, it looks like I think you got a little enhancement there going on. Okay, of the CGI variety. <laughs> a little, a little. C- well, here's the thing about the CGI in this movie. We'll get there. Oh boy, will we? We'll get there. <laughs> So it turns out an alarm was triggered at a local museum with no response from the guards inside, which is generally a problem. Yeah, you don't want that. Clay brings Hellboy and Abe Sapien, who's wearing some kind of like scuba gear that gives him water around his gills. It looks so cool. He's got the goggles. It's awesome. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm going out on land. I got to look fly as hell. Yeah, and he pulls it off. He He sure does. Uh, Clay tells them that there's a large monster of some type inside the museum, basically. And Professor Broom, whom Hellboy calls father because he's his daddy. Sure. He explains that a statue was destroyed and something trapped inside was freed. Okay. Ominous. Yes. Hellboy loads up his gun, which he calls the Samaritan. Right. With with bullets that have, like, holy water in them. Oh. It's one of those say a little bit, little friend, because load up on guns. Yeah. Bring your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it's that. fun to be red and shoot the Samaritan. <laughs> <laughs> he goes inside to investigate while Abe tries to research what the creature could be, which I feel like is a thing he could have done from his tank at home. Yes. But then he wouldn't look cool as hell. That's also true. He had to suit up. I get it. Abe comes up with the name Samael. Samael? Sam? Samael. Samael for the creature. And he tells Hellboy about it as Hellboy is encountering the creature. Yes. All at once. Hellboy shoots the monster a few times and walks away. And Abe is like, yeah, so this guy is also known as the Hound of Resurrection. (laughs) I like how it stops Hellboy in his tracks and goes, oh, crap. Uh, And he turns around and he's attacked and eventually thrown in a window where he comes face-to-face with Rasputin. How about that? And he gives him an ominous warning about Hellboy's future before Samael shows up again. Sure. And then Myers, he's like, I'm going to go around the back. And he meets up with him, too. And he shows up, and he shoots Samael. And Hellboy's like, what are you doing? I don't want to be helped. Right? Let me do this. I can handle this hellhound on my own. If you're going to help, help, just, I don't know, reload my gun. And that's when Myers realizes there's a small creature implanted on Hellboy's arm so Hellboy rips it off. He's like, here, save this. We're going to study it later. Very good. Hellboy shoots Samael with a tracking bullet, quote unquote. It basically green just, bullet. It makes him leak yep. green fluid. Sure. And, and he's easily traced. Ah, great. Followed, at least. So Hellboy follows him through a crowd, you know, just right into civilians. All these people who are like, this myth guy is here now. <laughs> so many witnesses. It's a party. It's like a Mardi Gras thing. Yeah, it, it's Halloween. Yeah, that one too. You know, the, the, the big, October Mardi Gras. That's everybody knows North Jersey, New York. They're in New York now, right? They do that? I am unsure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, everybody knows that that area of the country has a giant Halloween Mardi Gras every year. Every year. It's as is tradition. 
You go find the nearest museum. You hang out outside in full costume, and you just you fight a hellhound named out. Samael, <laughs> and sometimes you don't win. Then you're sitting there going, Samael, this Samael. I don't like this Samael. Got to keep fighting this Samael. <laughs> I'm both disappointed and proud. It's a weird, conflicting emotion in me right now. That's pretty fair, actually. What's funny is I don't know if you've put it together yet, but I've consciously put in I think four Doctor Seuss references in the past like five episodes. Yeah, yeah. Something I've, insane like that. I've noticed. I'm trying. There's been a lot. It's fun. It's a good time. I don't know what you're warming up to, but- I don't think I'm warming up to anything. Okay. I think I'm doing it to amuse myself. I, as long <laughs> as it's amusing you. As long as you're not going to be like, our February movie for Patreon is The Cat in the Hat. <laughs> With Mike Myers. Oh, God. <laughs> Just really leading into the not-so-super title. It actually is. We <laughs> dug him up from his career, and he's going to be on the couch. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about Austin Powers 4 and how it never happened for some reason. Who knows? God, that movie's so ready for it's, a resurgence. It needs to be ready. How do you think Heather Graham looks? I haven't seen her in anything in probably a decade. She probably looks exactly the same, because I feel like even- when she, her most recent rise to uh, fame again, I was like, oh, she kind of looks the same. She popped up in a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I expected her to look older than that. What's wild is when Goldmember came out, it was like right when Beyonce just oh, got yeah. big. Yeah. Like that's a huge get if yeah. you look at that movie. And they're like, how did they get Beyonce? And you're like, oh, right. Right. She wasn't quite Beyonce yet. That's right. I Pretty mean, wild. That was her name, but <laughs> it was it's always been her name, I think. I don't know that. Don't fact check yeah, me. Yeah, don't I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so Hellboy, he follows Samael through a crowd and across several lanes of traffic. Myers tries to keep up, but he's grazed by a passing car and is nearly run over until Hellboy doubles back to block the oncoming car and allows Myers to get back to safety. He saves him. Yeah. This new guy that he didn't care about, he's like, All right, I'll punch this car for you. Yeah, that's fair. Hellboy follows Samael into the, the subway system. Where the, the conductor of a passing train mistakes Hellboy for the bad guy and knocks him <laughs> off the front of the train. Right. Which then goes over his head and hits him in the head a lot. Right. And he's going, a train, a train, a train, a train. Would you, could you on a train? Of course. Oh, my God. I immediately regret telling you I was proud of you. <laughs> Samael, who is dangling from the ceiling of the tunnel, leaps onto Hellboy after the subway passes. And fed up with the fight, Hellboy grabs the third rail and electrocutes Samael. And Hellboy's all like, I'm fireproof. You're not. Yeah, that's a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> we hear the voice of Rasputin saying some cryptic bullshit that basically amounts to Hydra Axiom, cut off one head, two more grow back in its place. There you go. While a puff of green smoke rises from the body and splits into two. It's essence. I was just going to say, it's his essence. It's going to go into a puppet, <laughs> He's going to turn into a, a pink robot, I think. <laughs> Wanting some freedom, Hellboy turns off his radio and goes out to see his old friend Liz Sherman, played by Selma Blair. Don't care. Don't care for her at all in this movie. She used to be part of the BPRD, but she committed herself to a mental hospital because she can't control her her fire. Oh, boy. She does not need to be in this movie. And Hellboy definitely has the hots for her. And I don't know why. I don't know. Selma Blair just looks like she's sleepy all the time. She looks very tired in this movie. All the time. More so in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't know. Her in this movie is distracting for story reasons. Yes. And we're going to get there. We are absolutely going to get there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Myers and some other agents finally arrive to take Hellboy back. Myers looks up Liz Sherman's file and finds that she's a pyrokinetic, so she has the ability to start fire and with her thought and all that jazz. Sure. And then in her childhood, she accidentally caused a huge blaze that killed a whole mess of people. Yeah, bad. Yeah. It well, happens. Not ideal. Right. It's probably in Stanford, Connecticut. 
<laughs> it's probably how Civil War started. Yeah, probably. We I all have know how X Men work. I have so many questions about this mental institution. Yeah, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, she starts fires by accident, so she committed herself, and we're like, yeah, we're totally equipped for that. <laughs> cool. Uh, oops. Yeah. Tom Manning and Professor Broom are discussing Hellboy's latest activities. And Manning is not happy with Hellboy or any of the people at the BPRD whom he considers freaks. Yeah. It's Jeffrey Tambor being a meanie. Yeah, he's a pretty mean guy. Abe Sapien learns that Professor Broom is very sick. And the professor begs Abe to keep his secret from Hellboy. He's like, hey, don't don't tell the kid. And Abe's like, I don't know. I got weird suction cup hands. <laughs> this certainly won't be a hand <laughs> thing. isn't certainly going to be a character design at all. And Del Toro movies in the near future. No, no, no. Definitely not. <laughs> Hellboy is being examined by Abe and Broom back at the base, and they find a cluster of eggs inside his arm where the spore-like creature was attached. I thought that Didn't even buy hellhounds came from eggs. I, I learned, learned something, something today. today. <laughs> Broom decides that the team will go back to the subway the next day and look for more eggs because apparently this guy can lay them quick. Yeah, very Sa- fertile. Sam I.L. just dropping eggs whenever you blink. <laughs> I was expecting to be green eggs. They weren't. They weren't green eggs. Nope. How about that? Are you sure you're not gearing up for something with that? Still not. Good. <laughs> Good. Now I'm just paying attention. Yeah. I feel like you're going to swap out our Christmas movie on me last second. I'm the Grinch. promise you I'm not. Okay, good. It just feels like there's there's some kind of culmination. Nope. Promise. That kind of makes it worse. I know. We've been doing this 108 episodes or whatever. 107 episodes. Yeah. This happens sometimes. Sometimes you just you go on a multi-episode my... yeah. arc of bullshit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've been doing that for 107 episodes. Yes. Fair. I don't like this one. <laughs> I don't like how president is right now. Yeah. Well, it's got to be president at some point. I guess so. It doesn't. But if it were to be present, it would be in the present. Don't try to do word acrobatics with me. You know how I am with words. <laughs> have a hard time getting them out of my mouth in the right order. Your brain and your mouth don't talk sometimes. Sometimes. That night, Rasputin visits Liz at the mental hospital while she's asleep. And that shot is unbelievable. It's so cool. Because you have the guard yeah. who walks into Liz's room with a flashlight and is shining it about, checking yeah. out the- Checking the corners. Yeah, exactly. He's checking behind the door and whatnot, and the only thing that's illuminating the room is the light from the doorway. And then as he closes the door, you just see Rasputin walk out from the shadow behind you like- Amazing. That's a neat trick. It's very cool. I like it quite a bit. He uses his powers to unlock her worst memory, which is, of course, the day she killed all them people. Sure. Which activates her fire-starting abilities in her sleep, and she blows up the whole hospital, basically. And it looks awesome. It looks really cool. Yeah. It's an awesome scene. For a lot of people dying, awesome scene. It's the coolest way to kill off a whole bunch of people. Yeah, it is. It's efficient, too. Yeah. The next morning, while Hellboy is filing his horns, Myers offers to speak with Liz and hopefully recruit her into the BPRD once more. And Hellboy is all like, what the hell makes you so qualified for this job, you jerk? And later, Myers asks Professor Bloom, hey, what the hell does make me so qualified for this job, you jerk? (laughs) I like how Professor Broom's reasoning is like, I chose you out of a lot of people. That's like good enough of an answer. Cool, Broom. Okay, that didn't answer my question at all, but (laughs) thanks? And Broom is like, I'm sick. You're pure of heart. You got to be his new daddy. <laughs> and Myers is like, I'm going to hit on Liz so hard now. Right. <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, Hellboy, Clay, and Abe and two other agents return to the sewers to find the eggs. Abe jumps into a cistern to capture a cluster of eggs, but he's attacked and badly injured by another Samael. Ah. Uh-oh. And then the two agents are attacked and killed by yet another Samael. Yeah. 
It's like there's multiple now. There's one Sam, How about that? two Sam, red Sam, blue Sam. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to the bitch. Two can play that game. I love it. <laughs> when Hellboy uh, chases after one of them, Clay is left behind and winds up getting stabbed by Cronin. Yeah. He's, he's there, too. Still there. Just got his metallic sword wrists. Just the flippies with him? Doing so many flippies. He does so many flippies, and it's so unnecessary, but it looks really cool. It is extremely unnecessary, but for what it's worth, if you knew that there's, you really can't die and you're going yeah. to kill everyone anyway- Make it look awesome. Right? Why not? Might as well. In. So yeah, he dabs up Clay quite a few times. Yeah, he and does. And then he appears to commit suicide. He does this thing where he turns this dial in his chest. Yeah. And he's just like, yep, bye. He lays down and he shakes a lot and you're like, okay, now he's dead, I guess. I guess. Again. I don't know how any again, of this Again, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> For the second time in this movie, that guy is 100% dead. I got fooled this time because he looked really, really he dead. He did. And I went, there's no way he's dead, but- Man, does he look dead. He sure does. Hellboy chases one of the Samuels into a subway station, because that's apparently the only place he can kill him. And he finally kills him by smashing him into an oncoming train, because again, subways. Yeah, eat fresh. Eat fresh. (laughs) Hellboy returns, shocked to find his friends wounded, because, you know, he was like, I was fighting the Samuel. How is is there another Samuel? I do not like the Samuel. Yeah, I do not like him. Ugh. Back at the BPRD, Manning reveals that Abe will recover, but Clay is too badly wounded and will most likely not survive the night. And he delivers the news with all the charm of fucking, I don't know. He was <laughs> he was like, yeah, this dude's going to die. That's it. Uh, hard stop. He's going to die. Yeah. Manning and Hellboy clash, both angry about what has happened. And meanwhile, Myers has convinced Liz to come back to the BPRD. He just showed up. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring you to the BPRD. You want you want to come? Not not like a security detail or anything. We're just gonna get a cab. And, yeah. And that was all. She was like, "I got an empty room. I got an empty get a bed. Fucking cab." Yeah. She just wants to feel normal. <laughs> after she just murked all those people yeah. with her pyrokinetic power, I just want to feel normal after this mass murder. <laughs> I I don't want to talk <laughs> look, about it. <laughs> look, I can't control the fire that comes out of my skin. So yeah, let's let's get in the cab. Let's do that. Let's just get in the cab. Hellboy is in his room. He's trying to write a letter for Liz that describes his feelings for her. And then Liz walks in and he's like, oh, please disregard the papers on the floor. And uh, she reveals that she's going to get coffee with Myers in a plot line that I'm still trying to make sense of. It doesn't make sense. It makes no Don't sense. Don't bother. Hellboy is angry. And you can tell because he uses his terrible CGI to crush his blatant product oh, placement Red Bull can. Oh, that's the worst one. It made me think like every other time that he has the big hand. Yeah. It's just not doing anything. <laughs> right? What are, what are you doing? And with this that? one where it actually has to do something. It's like, oh, maybe oh. leave the CGI at home. I like know it's a Red Bull can because product placement, but also like, are you sure it wasn't Play Doh? What, what are you? Yeah, maybe use the real hand next time. Yeah. It was, oh, I'm impressed because his monster hand can crush a can. Right. Right. It's a bullshit Red Bull can, too. Those things are, are garbage cans. Nothing to them. Yeah. They're little. Yeah. That's fine. Tiny little Red Bull can. We've talked too much about this Red Bull can. Well, it's product I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Can we? <laughs> in a scene in the BPRD, Hellboy can clearly be seen drinking a Red Bull. Hellboy is a variation on an actual Red Bull. That was an actual IMDb oh, trivia fact. God. Yeah. They're the worst. They're basically saying, well, the devil's red and the Red Bull. Get it? Yeah. They're the same, right? Uh, right? Yeah, no. That scene is because Red Bull paid money to the movie to say, hey, right. make Hellboy drink a Red Bull. And if he could have wings after that, it'd be even better. There's a shot before this where the big hand switches, by the way. 
I don't know if you noticed it. It's I in the didn't sewer. notice, really. Yeah, because Hellboy uses uh, his left hand to hold the Samaritan, the gun. Yeah. And in the sewer, there's a shot where he's walking left to right, and it's clearly switched. Huh. And it was jarring, really. I it didn't was, it notice. It was strange. It's funny because the producers wanted to switch the hands on the on the movie, but it, when they hired Perlman, Perlman's left-handed. So they're like, oh, cool. We can just leave it the way it's supposed to be then. It could be the right hand of, of Doom or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was switched yeah. in one shot. It was weird. I That's didn't like it. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that either. Broom is doing an autopsy slash investigation of Cronin's body, where he learns that Cronin is some kind of ancient masochist whose body runs on dust instead of blood. You know, sure. typical Cronin stuff. Right, of course. The professor leaves to look into some papers he found that hint at the location in Russia that... Uh, there's a stockpile of Samael eggs. Of course. <laughs> and while he's looking into this, Cronin sits directly upright, gets dressed, and somehow that allows Rasputin into the BPRD. It's awesome because this is the first look you have at Cronin outside of the armor. Yes. And I am just convinced that nobody understands character design like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And the fact that I could say his name after drinking this much bourbon, <laughs> is a, it's a compliment to me, really. I've stopped trying. When you look at the way that Cronin's designed, that Abe Sapien's designed, that yeah. Hellboy's designed, that the Hellhounds are designed. Oh, absolutely. But then flash forward three years to Pan's Labyrinth, and you mm -hmm. get some of the most iconic creatures that you're going to see on film for oh, yeah. a while. Flash forward another year until you get uh, the second Hellboy, which you haven't seen yet. No. More iconic characters. And then you get a fish fuck guy who a won fish an Oscar. Guy. A little golden boy. Yeah. Another... Nine years after even that. Iconic characters. He understands how character design works and Absolutely. how to efficiently use it. He's an absolute master at that. Yeah. The depiction of Cronin without his armor on is very close to what is in the comic books, and I get serious uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool vibes from him. That's pretty fair. Yeah. It's almost like they're like, all right, so we can't do Deadpool the way we want to do Deadpool. Do you want to just do Hellboy Deadpool? <laughs> uh, fine. Deal. You got it. Complete with the, the wrist swords. Yeah, they're very prevalent there, too. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, that seems like it's a bit ripped off now, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the scene that you were just describing also, how you have Cronin walking down the spiral staircase, and Broom looks back, and he goes, ah. Yes. I see the puppet, but where's the puppeteer? Where's the puppeteer? And sure enough, Rasputin's sitting right there on the chair. Wearing his sunglasses inside. And I really, really love this, and it's mostly because we've watched Cronin die now twice. Yeah. And we haven't because it's Rasputin's puppet, and I think that is such a lovely touch to the character of Rasputin. Oh, man, it's good. It's very neat. It's so, so good. It's good stuff. Uh, good stuff. Huge fan. Yeah. Rasputin confronts the professor, taunting him for not knowing Hellboy's true purpose or name. You don't even know your son's name. What kind of father are you? And Broom is like, as far as I'm concerned... His name is Sun. His name's Hellboy, if anything. His name's, I Come guess, on. yeah. Come on. And Rasputin is like, that's cute. Since I'm about to kill you anyway, let me show you the future. You know, it's weird because you usually have like a villain in one of these comical scenes. They're like, now I'm going to tell you my entire evil plan. And yeah. they tell it to you. And you're just like, yeah, fuck it. Here, arm. Give it to me. I'll <laughs> show like, it to you. I'll whatever. just show you. And he shows Broom that Hellboy is responsible for the apocalypse. And you know it's the apocalypse because the Daily Favreau headline literally says, the apocalypse. <laughs> that's right. It's actually the New Jersey Times, which, I don't, is that a real paper? Nope. Didn't think so. And, yeah, so the, the paper says the apocalypse, as if you wouldn't be able to tell by the dystopian hellscape <laughs> and the tentacles dangling from clouds. And... I feel like they need to have the New Jersey Times, because I feel like that's a War of the Worlds type reference as well of New Jersey. But then if you had, like, oh, the Star-Ledger, 
<laughs> not the same effect. Yeah, no. No. New Jersey Times. I like <laughs> Daily Favreau. I do too. The Apocalypse. Oh, cool. There it is. Anyway, Cronin executes Professor Bloom. Broom. Bloom? Broom? I keep saying Bloom, and I know it's Broom. Like, I know it's Broom. That's all right. But You got big fish on the mind. <laughs> you know That's it. what it is. Yeah. Me and Guillermo del Toro both. <laughs> you guys love fish. So, so much. Big ones. Humanoid Right. Ones. Myers and Liz are still on whatever this weird date thing is, and Hellboy's spying on them and eating cookies with some random rooftop nine-year-old. The worst child actor of all time? Oh, God. I think that's what he was credited as, I, is that the might worst be... child actor of all time. <laughs> this kid whose future is going nowhere. Right. He is awful, man. He's very bad. Very bad. My mom made these cookies. Do you want one? <laughs> Uh, a bunch of. I feel like Ron Perlman's actual disdain for this scenario is just entirely aimed at like I gotta find motivation. Yeah, I'm pissed off. This kid can't fucking act. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna use it, Guillermo. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> use it. Use it. A bunch of BPRD agents show up and tell Myers and Liz what happened, and Hellboy's looking on. He's like, something, something bad's going on. I gotta, gotta get out of here quick. Sure. And... We're gonna abandon this scenario of my new dad <laughs> putting his arm. Around the girl who's sleepy all the time. Yeah. Looks sleepy all the time. It just seems cheating, if you will, because he looked at her file and everything. He's like, right. All right. Oh, this girl's got some trauma. I can use that. I can use that. Me, Mr. Pure of Heart. Right. She's got daddy (laughs) issues, and I'm a new daddy, apparently. This is great. I got a bouncing baby Hellboy. (laughs) A bouncing 60-year-old Hellboy. It makes no sense to me. Hellboy is devastated by the loss of his father, refusing to speak for days until Liz goes and sees him, and she says hi, and he says hi, and it's like, oh, okay, that's all it took? Yep. That's it. Manning takes over the BPRD, which he's not super thrilled about, because he's not he's not happy about anything that's happening there. Jeffrey Tambor, he's like, come on, guys. This place? These freaks? Right. He announces that he's going to lead a team to Russia to find the source of Samuel's eggs, because that's the clue that was left behind. We're going to go for it. We're going to, you know, right before he was murdered, he was looking at this, so this has got to be the thing we're supposed to do. Correct. It's definitely not placed there by the villain. So they go to Russia, and in Russia, Hellboy reanimates a corpse with magic. I love Ivan so much. Ivan's awesome. He's the best thing about this movie, probably. You might be right. You might be right. In an army of darkness sort of way. It's yeah, the best yeah. character in this movie. He's just dooting along. I like how he reanimates him, and then he wears him as like a backpack, but he's using the noose to hold him over. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He's like, hey, Ivan, I'm I'm your pop now. Just hop on. Hop on, pop. Right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I but I like it. whenever he talks to Ivan. Ivan just goes, <laughs> Yeah, and there's subtitles. It's a lot like Jim Carrey trying to tell a joke. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Of course. Right. We're not doing it. This is not a bit. We're not doing it. No, we're not. We already have our, our Christmas movie picked out. So be at ease. It's not the Grinch. It's not the Grinch. It's not the Grinch. So Ivan gives him directions to Rasputin's mausoleum. And the group is inside and they're like, everything will be okay as long as we stick together. And then they're immediately divided because the floor has walls sure. coming up out of it. And then a bunch of spikes come out of the walls. And you're like, uh oh, these are going to start closing in on them. And they don't. They don't. They don't do that. I don't know. It threw me off. Yeah. And then Liz and Myers <laughs> head in one direction, and Hellboy and Manning go in another direction. And Ivan. Don't forget Ivan. And, oh, and Ivan. And and whoever Ivan's being carried by now, because Hellboy's like, this guy's heavy. You take him. He says, I don't think I like this guy anymore. Yeah. To which Ivan went, <laughs> so he hands him off to the unnamed agent who will surely make it to the end of this movie. Right. Hellboy and Manning. 
go searching, and Manning's like, no, we're going back. And Hellboy's like, no, we're going forward. And then their decision is made for them when the mausoleum starts attacking them. Just the building itself is attacking them, and, and he takes out Ivan and the unnamed agent. I don't even know why we had Ivan in the movie. I don't either. They he told him just... like one thing. It's like, oh, Ivan says here <laughs> that there's a lot of like things underneath here. There's whatever. Yeah. It's like, cool. Yeah, the whole the whole thing was like, how are we going to find Rasputin's mausoleum? Uh, I don't know. We'll take aerial photography. He's like, nope, I'm just going to revive a dead guy because <laughs> it's a thing I do in the comics. And you know what? I'm going to flex I got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Do it in the comics. Got to do it in the movie. Have to shoehorn it in here somehow. So Hellboy and Manning find Cronin's hiding place, and they're in another like very tight hallway with with dagger sticking out of it once again. And you think it's going to close in on them, and it doesn't. Again, I like how it doesn't though. It's twice now. I'm like, all right, one of these is definitely going to close on them, right? Never happens. So Manning's like, ah, because he he accidentally touches one of the little daggers, and that alerts Cronin to their presence. So Cronin just magically disappears as as he's wont to do. Sure. And then Hellboy is like, well. Cool, you blew it, Manning. Thanks. <laughs> and then they start fighting Cronin, who reappears. Yeah, and Manning because of convenience, of course. Manning gets saved by Hellboy, and then Cronin's like, "I'm gonna get Hellboy into this spiked pit." And then Manning throws a gear at Cronin, saving Hellboy. So now they've saved each other. Well, so that's fun. Manning's not gonna fight him. Fisticuffs. Well, obviously, no touching. No, t- no touching. As y'all know, no touching. So he's gonna start throwing gears at him and whatnot. Yeah, the gears of war. The Gears of Four. The Gears of Small Battle. Hellboy ends up knocking Cronin into the pit and then kills him with a gigantic gear. And he smashes him and dust rises. You're like, all right, he's finally really dead. He has to be dead now. He's out of dust. Yeah. He's he's run out of blood. (laughs) And his blood is dust. (laughs) Right. Hellboy and Manning both thank each other for for saving each other. And now they kind of have like a semblance of mutual respect. I wouldn't call it mutual respect, but there's a semblance of it. Sure. Liz and Myers find the egg chamber. But not before Myers was like, hey, so like. What are we? What are we doing? What are? What is this? What are we doing this here? This plot doesn't make sense to me either. So <laughs> if you could just explain it. And then, of course, Liz is like, oh, red or white, men are all the same. But they find the egg chamber. And Hellboy, of course, is listening to them because that, that's what he does. He's They manage to be in the same spot of the, of the, the entire mausoleum. And he's listening through the floor for Liz's answer to what Myers asks. And then she's like, oh, we're in trouble. So he punches through the floor, and he joins them, where he's met by several Samuels. Hey! There's so many now. So many. They just keep duplicating. Every time one dies, two more roll Stop off the egg pile. Stop killing them. Or just kill the egg pile. Right? That would make sense. So Liz is like, hey, Myers, hit me. And he's like, didn't know you were into that. <laughs> that wasn't in your file that I stalked. <laughs> So he slaps her, and then it kind of triggers her fire powers. Got her hot. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. And it works. And all of the Samael eggs and duplicates are destroyed, but Rasputin and Ilsa take the opportunity to capture Hellboy and his friends. Of course. So, Hellboy and friends. Hellboy and friends. It's the, the Saturday morning cartoon version of the movie. <laughs> of course. He hates Mondays. Loves those. <laughs> <laughs> Hellboy and friends. <laughs> Siesta. Nice. I wish I remembered all the words to that song. Yeah, me too. It's I wild. wish I remembered more than Siesta. Yeah. Rasputin wants Hellboy to use his right hand of doom to unlock this obelisk that's going to set forth the seven well, gods because of chaos. It's weird because Rasputin puts him in like whatever that is. I don't know what it's called. They're oh. like the handcuffs, but his head's through and then his two hands are yeah. through. Also, it's a. I a know plank what it's called, wood. but I can't remember what it's called. And then I was weirded out. I was like, all right, one stone hand like thing is clearly larger than the other one. Yeah. And then it turned out, I was like, oh. 
his winky was a key, so it, obviously he had the dimensions for it anyway, so he could do that. Did you say his winky? Yeah, because gold member. Oh, got it. That, yeah. That took me a, wow. I'm not going to say that was a stretch, Dave, but it was a stretch, Dave. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> it's a deep cut. Was it? We talked about it already. The winky? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Apologies for not bringing up winkies until now. Yeah, you jerk. It's not this type of show, all right? <laughs> Think about we did the jokes up, you're going to no, make. We did bring up fish fucking earlier. Yeah, we did. we have not gotten to the, well, here's the thing. anatomical ways that that can be done yet. We don't have to. Well. Guillermo covers it. <laughs> you're right. In the documentary, that In the is documentary, the shape of water. Yeah. So Hellboy's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So Rasputin's like, all right, well, I'm going to take Liz's soul. Yeah, that's a problem. And he does. He just kind of sucks it out of her mouth. What I found was weird is like you see the soul go up CGI, but then you see her hair turn just red. So she got like became a ginger once her soul left her body. It blew was, my mind. I was not sure where you were going with that, but I'm not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for another Dr. Seuss reference and it never came. Oh, yeah, but... because Dr. Seuss really just goes to town on soulless gingers every chance he gets. Well, no, I didn't know that the ginger thing was coming. I thought it was going to be a Dr. Seuss thing instead. I wasn't prepared for yeah, that. Clearly. <laughs> I was, and I shouldn't have been. No, you're too deep. You're too so, deep in the bit. Yeah. I didn't know it was a bit. It's been going on for four episodes. I thought this was just who you are now. A Dr. Seuss fanatic? Yes. That's what my kid wants me to read, and I need to distract myself from her asking you about mermaid genitalia. Sure. So this is my life now. <laughs> She's getting too smart. That's the problem. Yeah. You're failing. Am I? Keep her done. I avoided that. <laughs> I avoided the, the answer. She still has no idea how mermaids pee. This That's is great. great. Yeah. Surely that won't come up again then. The next time she watches Little Mermaid. Damn it. Yeah. So Hellboy's all bummed that Liz doesn't have a soul anymore. So he's like, all right, Rasputin, I guess I'll do the thing. Why does he care at this point? I don't know. Liz is defeated. Right. At this point, it's like, all right, dude, you lost. Why, yeah. why are you going to give I got her now? soul. Got it. He's like, okay, well, well, I think Rasputin's like, I can give you the soul back. But you got to play nice. So he's like, all right. What's the point? I don't know. It's like you're going to get the soul back so she can witness the apocalypse that the New Jersey Times told us about. Yeah. I don't understand the point. Uh, I don't know. So you can live out your, your days your of, day. the, of your the apocalypse. Day. <laughs> well, he gets that like, fire crown, right? So he, I'm, I'm assuming he stays around she for the won't. apocalypse. No, she's fireproof. She's made of fire. Oh, come she's, on. She's one of them monsters, even though she looks like a person. No, does she, though? <laughs> a very tired person. Very tired person. <laughs> so Hellboy's like, okay, and he speaks his true name, Anung Unrama. Sure. Sure. And that unlocks the, the thing he's in, which is called a stockade. It's a stockade. Nailed it. Yeah. First try. <laughs> wow. And Hellboy's horn suddenly grow to full length, and he, he begins breathing smoke because, you know, he's like, all right, I'm a demon. I guess I'll be a demon. I'm a fucking demon. <laughs> Jason Lee style. Yeah. A fucking demon. So Myers frees himself because he's got, I don't know, supple wrists. They're very supple, as we've learned throughout this movie. And uh, before Hellboy opens Some the- sorting through files. Of course. Yeah. He's pure of heart and wrist. <laughs> before Hellboy can open the final seal of the gods, and Myers goes full spirit of Mufasa, and he's like, Hellboy, remember who you are. <laughs> and he throws him the prayer beads that belong to Professor Broom. And Hellboy's like, oh, yeah. I have a choice. Right. So he chooses to choose. Whoa, wow. What a moment. Yeah. And uh, he rips his horn off and he and he stabs Rasputin with it. He rips both horns off. But yeah. He only stabs Rasputin with one of them. Sure. It's an unclear sentence. 
That's <laughs> surely going to kill Rasputin. Of course, he's Rasputin. Everybody knows his one thing is getting stabbed by devil horns. Right. Demon horns every time they and get him. may or may not have lost his lower horn at one point. His we don't know. Horn, right? Allegedly. 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 He's also been shot a few times. They should have just put him in water. I heard that does the trick. Sometimes. Eventually. So like his-, his I don't even think he died of drowning. I think he died of hypothermia. I'm not even kidding about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's if you guys want to listen wild. to a, a cool thing about Rasputin, stuff you should know that an episode of Rasputin a while back, and it's very, very good. I'm into that. Yeah. He's a cool character for whatever the hell he did. Yeah. <laughs> I am still unsure. Whatever's real and whatever's not, he's awesome. It's a good story. It's a great story. So Rasputin's death, if you could call it that, unleashes a tentacle monster, the last envoy of the seven gods called Behemoth. Of course. It, uh, it bursts from his stomach and kind of crushes him and then grows lots in yeah, size. It but becomes very big. The good thing is, is that Hellboy Myers and Liz, they just leave. Yeah, they, they run out of the room. They're like, that's it. This is somebody else's problem now. The last envoy of the seven gods of chaos is born and let's just go. Let's go. We did our job. And we're carrying soulless Liz with us. <laughs> So Hellboy is like, all right, guys, I'm going to go back. And Myers is like, hey, take this grenade belt that we were supposed to use on Samael's eggs. It doesn't work, but take it. Right. The button, the release button doesn't work. So the Yeah, pins... so you're going to have to kill yourself, and I'm going to take your girl. Yeah, my girl. Go get him, son. <laughs> <laughs> so Hellboy goes back to fight Behemoth. And uh, they, they fight for, for a minute or two. And, and he then... uses a stone sword from a statue to start chopping off limbs, which right? didn't make any sense. I was like, is that a real sword that was part of the statue, or is it a stone sword that's just conveniently very sharp? Yep. Or, yeah, it's a thing. And then he decides, all right, I'm just going to get this guy to swallow me, and I'm going to- As you do. Take the grenades and blow them up from the inside. Yeah. It's classic. The skin is thinner on the inside, right. as we all know. Drax knowledge. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> Hellboy returns, only for Myers to say that Liz has no pulse. It's like, oh, while you were gone, she's- She lost her soul, Myers. Yeah. yeah. What does this guy not understand about the situation? I don't know. It's wild. Hellboy kneels down and whispers into Liz's ear, and then she just wakes up. Yeah. And she's like, what did you say? And he's like, you woke up. You didn't hear what I said? <laughs> but he responds that basically he was, he was telling those on the other side that- they better give you up, because I'll gladly cross over for you. They're not going to like that. No, they won't. Ugh, I guess. I guess. And then she, she's like, oh, it took me finally embracing the monster I am to accept the monster that you are. And they passionately kiss, and fire engulfs them. And Meyer stands there like, well, that would not have ended well I for me. I love, no, because my favorite <laughs> part about that was that pretty much Hellboy just wins the day because he's like, you fucking watch me kiss her, you son of yeah. a bitch. Watch Teach this. you to read a file and take advantage of that. You dad. Oh, God. <laughs> New dad. I hate you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Myers, look on Myers' face is like, oh, shit, yeah, I guess I guess if she got all riled up like that, she would ignite, and that would probably <laughs> suck for me, huh? Myers is pretty much sitting there going like, man, if I were doing her and I somehow got her an orgasm, she'd just burn my dick off, I think. Yeah, probably. that. No. He's like, good, good job, son. You take that one. <laughs> Myers concludes that Professor Broom's earlier thoughts of what is it that makes a man a man, it's the choices he makes. Not how he starts things, but how he decides to end them. And that is the end of the movie. Until. Or is it? It's not. We get a mid credit scene. How great is that? Uh, in 2004. You, it's amazing because I was even thinking like, wow, this is an early mid credit scene. Yeah. But when I 
was watching the credits of this thing, you see it's a one of those like different types of fonts going on here, and you're like, no. No, no, no. There's more. Something else is happening. The future has conditioned me to believe that there is a mid credit scene about to come up. Yep. And then, bam. It's funny, because I did the same thing. I was like, I was getting ready to turn it off, and I was like, no, 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 no. I better just fast forward <laughs> to the end of these initial credits, just to be sure. It's Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. He's he's still in the, the mausoleum, yep. and he's like, guys, I'm still here. <laughs> it's so good. And that's it. That's all it that's, needs to be. It's so good. Movie. It's funny, because- Literally, I mean, we we never plan our post credit scene ahead of time, but as this movie was wrapping up, I was like, where the fuck is Jeffrey Tambor? I think <laughs> I have a post credit scene. And then the mid credit scene took the, my post credit scene from me. There you go. So Good for them. No, it, they I'm were glad they it. did because I'm not supposed to pre-plan Well, it. Del Toro's a master. Yeah. It's simple enough. And that is Hellboy from 2004, directed by the- Guillermo Del Toro. Nailed it. Yeah, Good that one you. felt right, too. Yeah. Maybe I just need to get drunk before I talk about it. We should add tequila, really, oh, yeah. to honor him. Uh, after talking about this thing, it's a little silly. It, it is silly, but it's so good looking. It's very good looking. It's extremely entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it moves for sure. Once you get past the first twenty minutes, the thing just it puts hauling. its foot down. It doesn't yeah. stop. It's absolutely amazing. And sure, you get these little exposition dumps that are dropped about throughout this movie, but they're not out of place. No. No. In fact, the whole character of Myers is basically a way to narratively go, here's all the characters, because we got a new guy. We got to tell him, so we'll tell you. Sure. It's great. It's clever. It is. If nothing else. Yeah. I like this movie. I do too. And I'm really, really excited for you to watch the second one, because I like the second one a whole lot more. Oh, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm I'm glad they got to make a second one, because box office-wise, this movie didn't do amazing. No, it didn't. It had a $66 million budget. Yeah. And it only did 99 mil. Yeah. It only made 59 domestically. Usually, you have to hit your budget domestically for them to be like, all right, this is a hit. Right. But it's also a little curious just because Ron Perlman as the lead. Yeah. Who's he really pulling in? Oh, I don't think Perlman has a huge draw. I mean, at the time, he'd been doing Sons of Anarchy for a little while at this point. In 2004? Yeah. I think the the show ran, let me pull up my fake IMDb trivia fact because I did, oh, no, no. Sons of Anarchy didn't start till 2008. Yeah. So. This guy's got almost no pull. He was in Blade 2. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. So maybe that's the There pull. you go. Maybe that's the connection but it's, it's it funny in. because uh when they were meeting to discuss the movie mike mignola who wrote hellboy right did the comic book he met with guillermo del toro and they decided to reveal at the same time like stepbrother style who they thought should play hellboy and on three they both said john stamos of course no ron perlman they both said ron perlman at the same time so that story seems ridiculous to me it does right <laughs> but it also i see it i don't know think about 1999, when they were first talking about starting to make this movie, or 98, whenever it was. That's pre-X-Men. Yeah. Who else are you going to It doesn't make choose? sense to even have a discussion then. Oh, no, because Del Toro wanted to make this movie for a very long time before they actually got a green light. Based on content, title, lots of studios were going, no, 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 no. So they were meeting on this way before it got made. Really? Because Del Toro, I feel like, didn't have a lot of pull then. He did Mimic in 97, then he did Devil's Backbone in 2001, yeah. then Blade 2, and then he got this right so it just doesn't seem like he didn't have the pull that's why it took so long to get made maybe you're right yeah which is just wild now when you think about it oh now it's like if he shows up you're like yeah whatever you want let's go absolutely it is (laughs) it's absolutely unbelievable whenever i think of del toro i think of a master filmmaker yeah at this point and it's crazy because when you watch this movie i don't get that feeling no this movie is a lot of character design it is, and it's still shot very well. The story's still oh, yeah. told very well. He obviously doesn't become the Del Toro 
that we all know and love now until 2007 with Pan's Labyrinth. Right. And then obviously from there, everything he touches is gold. Yeah. Well, he did turn down several movies to make this. Do you know what he turned down? Alien vs. Predator, Blade Trinity, and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And that's weird. The third one that you said there. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban is weird because that one to Alfonso Cuaron. Uh-huh. And it's a weird thing that's going through my head right now just because of where we are in the world of directors. Because if you go back and look at the last 12 years of best director wins, yeah, there's only one, two Americans. Really? Out of that long list. That's amazing. Well, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense because, I mean, you have Danny Boyle yeah. for Slumdog. Then you have Catherine Bigelow for Hurt Locker. There uh-huh. you go, American. You have Tom Hooper's English for The King's Speech. Right. You have Michael Hasenvicius, which, with the artist, he's mm-hmm. French, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> uh, Ang Lee, he's from Taiwan. Yeah. For The Hulk. Of course. Uh, we all know. <laughs> but then you get this crazy run of Mexican directors, where it's Alfonso Coron for Gravity. Yeah. Alejandro Inaratu for Birdman. Alejandro Inaratu for The Revenant. Damien Chazelle sneaks his way in there with La La Land. Uh-huh. But then you get Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, and then Alfonso Coron for Roma. And then people are saying, wow, it's such a big upset that Bong Joon-ho wins for Best Director for Parasite. You're like, no, it's no, fucking it's not. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it's it's wild when you say that he turned down Prisoner of Azkaban for Coron, and a lot of people say that Coron knocked it out of the park with Azkaban. Oh, yeah. Especially with that one, because it's such a stylistic movie, and it's what actually set up the next five films that came with Harry Potter because it took out the Christopher Columbus stuff that came for the first two movies yeah. and it like, wow, we're going to actually, this is the proper way to do a dark tone now. This yeah. is great. It makes me think, what can't these guys do at this point? That's a great question. I can't and think Del of And Del Toro's kind of looked at as like one of the gods of the Mexican directors, the modern Mexican directors. Yeah. But what has he done? Like comparatively, because he's done Pan's Labyrinth, obviously, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, mm-hmm. then he did Pacific Rim. Then he did Crimson Peak. Then he's The Shape of Water. It's like, how is this guy on such a high pedestal? Yeah. Like, where does the clout come from? That's interesting. I think it's just how well-received his hits are. People don't really care about the ones he missed on. Okay. He he does not miss often. That's the thing. And when he does, it's not like a huge flop. It's like a, it's not as good as his other stuff. Right, right. So. He's a really cool director. Yeah. He really, really is. I forgot he did Pacific Rim. Want to find out how cool this movie is? Yes, I do. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Go oh, ahead. I have no idea. 80? 81. <laughs> Good for you. Audience how do I do 66. that? I don't know how you do it. I don't know. It's funny because it doesn't translate to being good at the last round of uh, Champer Chump. No. Well, You'd think it would, but it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> Roger Ebert did see this movie, and he gave it 3.5 out of four stars. That's pretty good. He said, Hellboy is one of those rare movies that's not only based on a comic book, but also feels like a comic book. It's vibrating with energy, and you can sense the zeal and joy in its making. Of course, it's constructed of nonstop special effects, bizarre makeup, and preposterous storyline, but it carries that baggage lightly, unlike some CGI movies that lumber from one set piece to another. This one skips lightheartedly through the action. Yeah, that makes sense. He goes on to say, And in Ron Perlman, it has found an actor who is not just playing a superhero, but enjoying it. Although he no doubt had to endure hours of makeup every day. Oh, yeah. He chomps his cigar, twitches his tail, and battles his demons with something approaching glee. You can see an actor in the process of making an impossible character really work. Yeah. And my question is, does Ebert think that the tail was Ron Perlman? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) 
<laughs> Could you imagine if they gave Ron Perlman the controls for the tail? Like, you know, act. Uh, cut, 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 cut. I-, I like what your face is doing. I like what your manners and your hand are doing. <laughs> but the tail just, it's not adding up. Yeah, you got to do something different with a tail this take, Ron. <laughs> right. You're looking at Selma Blair. So act happy because you're not going to your be. Your tail's not wagging enough. She looks miserable. <laughs> Speaking of monsters that he fights in this movie, yeah, they reside on Amazon.com, oh, too. don't they? This movie's got a 4.7 out of 5. Wow. Because, of course, it does. They seem to sit in that region pretty I, steadily. And I always seem surprised by it. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has 2,900 reviews. Okay. 80% are five star. Yeah. Only 1% are one star. Is this just how every movie is? Sometimes like there's a 3% one star, and I'm like, wow, people hated this movie. Yeah. But it's still only 3% of reviews. <laughs> But at that point, like, if you have enough reviews, it's still like, oh, there's 300 reviews. Yeah. I get that. This one had, like, 40. Had damn near nothing. Yeah. So from September 11th, 2004, oh. I thought Daredevil was bad, but Hellboy seems to have done the impossible, and it's even worse. So why is it so bad? The storyline is just lame. It is not even simple to follow. It just seems to be a load of pointless action scenes. Although I think the character Hellboy is cool, that stupid fish boy is just boring and the fire girl (laughs) is so wooden. I think there could be a great film in the franchise, but this is just poor. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's not a hard story to follow, I don't think. No. I mean, three years after 9-11, this is what's going through my head Sometimes, typically. (laughs) Sometimes you got to take a break from remembering so much (laughs) and compare movies to Daredevil. Correct. For whatever reason. Exactly. That's exactly. And Hell's Kitchen. I mean, it's the same story, realistically, when you think about it. Yep. It's got (laughs) religious tones in a superhero movie. Yeah, they definitely are. We could call them tones. We sure can. (laughs) Yep. From August 3rd, 2004, a giant red hand and a dot, dot, dot. What more could you ask for? And uh, the end the of answer, sentence. A good movie. I read the other reviews and people liked it. This boggles my mind so much I might shoot myself, Do but it. not until I summon a red creature through an ancient portal with killer Nazis. A giant red hand? Why? Was it swollen or was his other hand really just small? <laughs> a gay fish? Abe Sapien, as opposed to Homo Sapien, which would fit him better. Yeah, they've confused humans <laughs> with homosexual. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are right now. I don't think at any point did they reveal the sexuality of the fish man. It doesn't matter that they need to. It, he thinks that it's a, a, a gay fish. Well, uh, it's a, a Kanye, Kanye West. West fish dicks <laughs> type scenario. I'm the voice of a generation. <laughs> But this guy did here. Uh, what a gay fish. Abe Sapien. We're like homo sapien, if you know what I mean. Ah, got him. Uh, got it. Get it. People are fucking idiots. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the last one I have is from March 20th, 2005. Do not buy this unless you've seen it and like it. And that's fair advice. Yep. So there you go. There's a way to live life. Do not buy this unless you've seen it and like it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. You got it. Sure. Thanks, bud. Basically, don't buy this sight unseen. Exactly. You know, the way people always buy movies. Blindly, just purchasing all the movies they find on Amazon. No, then they complain to Amazon, mostly. That's true. It's It's like, I bought this movie. It's my nightmare. It was bad. Exactly. Can we please just give this thing a super stuff score? I know you'd like to. However. And now for another edition of the Cape Podcaster's Theater. (laughs) 
Dave, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week because, well, we have the book now. We have the we book have now. We have Keaton Patty's I Forced a Bot to Write This Book, AI Meets BS. And, well, we just did kind of mention that this is this movie has religious tones. You think? So I'm going to need you to turn to page 174 where Keaton Patty says, I forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of Bible stories. <laughs> okay. And then asked it to write a Bible story of its own. Here's the first page. I'll be doing the narration in the part of Snake, and you'll be doing literally everything else. Fair enough. All right, here we go. Here we go. Exterior, Olive Garden of Eden. (laughs) We see Eve, the first girl man, standing next to a smart tree. A snake, the first long bug, walks on its abs to Eve. (laughs) Eat the tree. Good tree to eat. Gord said we can't eat tree. (laughs) Yes, but eat tree. Okay. Eve eats the tree in half. Gord drops Noah's boat on Eve. Noah's boat has two of each. Two cow, two donkey, two Noah, two three wise men, (laughs) two Egypt. The Noah's unboat. Jesus dies. Noah one. The flood has been crucified. Amen. Noah two. X-Men. Eat boat. Good boat to eat. Moses slides down a mountain with a mouthful of commandments. (laughs) Moses is Israel's oldest Jewish thing. Jesus dies. Moses. Honor thy adultery, mother. Eat Moses. Good Moses to eat. <laughs> the snake is amazing. Noah 2 eats Moses. Noah 1 dies of hunger. Jesus dies of Jesus. Gord rains down a plague of prostitutes. Abraham, the first ham, <laughs> wakes up from 40 years of living in every whale. Abraham, Gord told me to kill Sunboys. Who here is Sunboy? Snake, is Sunboy? Yes, but eat Jesus. <laughs> Jesus comes back to life. Abraham eats Jesus. Jesus dies. This why all carpenters die. It's a fact that we can't argue today. That's true. R.I.P. Bob Vila, probably. Probably. (laughs) All right, let's give this thing a super stuff score. Story motivation. What is the story? Demon shows up on Earth, gets employed by U.S. government, has to fight off monsters. But if you ask Del Toro what the story is, he'd say, it's a story about two fathers. Of course he would. (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. Because Rasputin claims to be the father as well at a point because he brought him into the world via portal. Oh, so three fathers. Are you claiming the po- the portal as a father as well? No, I'm I'm claiming Broom and I'm claiming Myers. Oh, because Myers is the young dad. That's right. <laughs> uh, the story's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's kind of convoluted. I'm probably going to go like 0.25. That's... Maybe 0.5 max. It's an easy story to follow as convoluted as it is. Yeah, which is just good storytelling. Yeah. I'll go 0.5. 0.5. Hero. Hellboy. He's the boy from hell. He is. And he is heroic. A, he is heroic. He has a problem with being locked up all the time, but it doesn't let him, he doesn't affect his goodness, you know? Like, he's still heroic, even though he's like, yeah, I got, I'm living in a, with a bum circumstance here. Right. Can't go out, because people are like, you're from hell. That's a good reason not to go out, though, yeah. usually. Generally. Uh, he's all right. I, I think he, I mean, he saves the day. He does. Obviously. He does it very nonchalantly, which I actually really, I think really it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I think that the way that they wrote Hellboy was everything's got to be a one-liner. But yeah. then Ron Perlman, I think, has so much like disdain in his performance, yeah, that I think it works really, really well. Of yeah. like, ah, fucking have to be saying this stuff. Fine, whatever. Fine. <laughs> but even after he blows up the last monster, after he goes inside, he blows it up, and he's just like, yeah. All right. It's like, it's another monster <laughs> killed. It's just yeah. another day at work. I like he, even when he's going to face him, he walks in and he's like, well, this is going to hurt. Yeah. It's, it's just, very good. He does it. I'm going to go 0. 0.75. I think that's good. Villains. I really, really like Rasputin. I do too. 
I'm going to go one. I think that's that's appropriate. And I like Cronin, too. Even Rasputin's motivation is to create a new Eden. Right. Which so, is awesome. It's great. Yeah. I mean, he's a Nazi, but like- He's like a Nazi for hire. No, he's a hired Nazi. That's hired the opposite. Nazi. That's right. 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 He's a Nazi, Nazi for by hire. hire. Exactly. It's very, very different. So different. That's on me. <laughs> I'm going to go one. I think Rasputin's great. I think he is, too. Parents. Oh, boy. Yeah. We don't have a mom. No. But we have a dead dad. We have a dead dad. And possibly a second dead dad, because, you know, he brought him to the portal. It's true. Let's go .75. Okay. I don't know why. I don't either. <laughs> but it feels right. He did have a very visceral reaction to the death of Broom. Well, yeah, because that's his Yondu. That, yeah, exactly. He's It's his daddy. Right, exactly. It's Mary Poppins. Exactly. Whereas Rasputin, I think, just tried to put claims on it. Yeah, yeah. Rasputin's like, that's my boy. Right, let's go point five. Okay. Maybe be safe about it. That's for fair. arbitrary reasons. Arbitrarily <laughs> safe. Female characters. I don't like her. The fact that it was a singular her yeah. speaks I, volumes. Well, you have Ilsa, too, and that's nothing. Right. Ilsa is just like, we got to have a bad female character, I'm too. I'm going to go zero because she does save the day at one point, but yeah, I'm going to go zero. She, I, there's well, nothing good She here. saves the day by being fridged. Correct. So Absolutely right. Still yeah. zero. Still zero. Definitely a zero. Setting. I don't know where you are. I don't know either. Are we Newark? New York? Newark, New York? It's possible. There's a subway. That's something. There is a subway. There's Russia. There's that's a something. station. Oh, well, yeah. We're in Russia. We're in like Moldova for a minute. Yeah. Is that briefly. a place? It's a real place. It is a real place. It is. I don't know. Uh, zero. I, I don't like it. man. I've been everywhere. That's a little too confusing. It would have been fine if they were just like, this is, well, they. I guess they did go Newark, New Jersey. This yeah, is but that's once. One once. time. Yeah. So, zero. Style and tone. I'm going to start at one? Yeah, I think well, that's a good starting place. Does it go farther? I like how, oh, it's a weird mixture of what's actually practical and what's CGI, though. And yeah. the CGI really brings it down. The problem I had a lot with this movie was whenever there's like a, a stunt where Hellboy goes flying, it was never believable. No, never. Never. Like It was always like, he's on strings right now. He's, yeah. He's yeah. definitely harnessed up. And uh, this, this takes too long. Yeah, let's end at one. I think one is good. Oh, you know what really irritated me? Now that we've already put in the one, the scene in the mausoleum when he kicks Jeffrey Tambor under the door, and then he takes his sweet time getting to the oh, same God, door that was so already almost closed. That, that drove me yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah, that was insane. bad. You're right. But one for Silent Tone. Yeah. M- music. It's there. It is. It exists. Uh, Marco Beltrami, who has done lots of things, actually. Sure. But I don't know any of them. Nope. Nothing that's renowned for its music. No. So. It's uh, it's there. It's, it's appropriate. There. It's fine. Not writing home about it. 0.25. No, 0.25 it is. One-liners. There's a few really good ones. There are. I like, look at the size of that whammer. It's look very at, good. Look at the size of that whammer is very good. I'm not a very good shot, but Samaritan uses big bullets, which is very good. And he proves that to be true. And I kind of like the calling card for this character of whenever there's trouble, he just goes, oh, crap. Yeah, he does say, oh, crap. A quite lot. a bit. And I think it's great. I really liked... um. When they're removing the eggs from his arm, and he's like, didn't even buy me a drink. <laughs> it's something, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go 0.25. Yeah. Because I think, oh, crap, actually gets it there. Oh, crap gets it there. And impact on the genre. It's a tricky one. It is. Because it did get a sequel. Yep. And a reboot. And a reboot. A poorly received reboot. Yes. What else did it do, though? It kind of kept the superior genre on life support for a little while longer, if anything. For a little bit, yeah. Uh, it was definitely a well-received movie in a time- between superhero sure, sure. 
blockbuster hits. I'm gonna you, go, well, not really, because mm, it came out the same year as Spider-Man 2. It did. I'm probably going to go 0.5. I don't think it did a ton, but yeah. it definitely did not do nothing. It definitely didn't do nothing. If anything, it really helped the non-mainline right, right. comic book. I didn't know Hellboy until I heard this. Right. right. I think it really helped independent comic books have more viability as blockbuster movies. That checks movies. out. Yeah. So 0.5, I think, is appropriate. And that's going to give Hellboy a total score of 4.75. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Dead on. Yeah. Maybe a little low, but Maybe a little that's low. Right. I, was, I thought it was it deserved at least a five, but oh well, 4.75 is where it landed. Selma Blair, do something. Do anything. Literally anything. We get it. Hellboy only knows one female. <laughs> we get it. Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're doing something interesting, Dave. We're going to be talking about a movie that we've already talked about. We're revisiting a movie that we, we saw early- Oh, oh the late... is this this week? Yeah, you just you just got a little twinkle in I your did. eye. Look at how excited I stopped you are. I looking at our list because we're recording a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, we are. Because we don't want to record in January. You know, also we're, <laughs> we're pre-recording a lot of stuff, and I yeah. just stopped looking at the list. Yeah. And this is extremely exciting. Next week, we're going to be talking about Shazam again. It's can, Shazam. Can we call it Shazam again? That's so good. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. We reviewed it back when it actually came out. We got a... a Sneak preview of it two weeks before it came out, so we got to talk about it. But yeah, we, we did a spoiler, very free spoiler review. free version, very of it. light and, episode. Yeah, yeah, and not this time. No, this time the, the full Shazam, the full Shazam. Just gonna go full Freeman right in your face. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I'm actually really excited to watch the movie again. I haven't watched it in probably a year. Yeah, at same. this point. So I'm I'm extremely excited for this one again. And, and it's gonna yeah. be our our first movie of of December. So appropriate time. It checks out. There's a Christmas tree in yeah. that movie. It's wintry. Yeah. In Philadelphia. Absolutely. It's always wintry in Philadelphia. That's what they That's say. That's what they always say. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe a Philadelphia movie, huh? All right. Yeah. Well, they just I, keep coming, don't they? I'm not going to get mad at it, though. I'm not. You know. Philadelphia saved the country. It's a fact. <laughs> it is. That's right. Until then, be sure to like, subscribe, review, rate, all of those things. Do the things. Do the it things. Helps. Follow us on the social media. We're, we're on all of them at Cape Podcasters. We're very tuned in to what our people are saying to us, too. You know, you send us a message, we're going to respond to that. We do. We're gonna we do absolutely it. do. That reminds me. There's been some stuff brewing over on Instagram. Oh, no. Steven seems to want to, want to do a, a collaboration with the Ginger Skull. I don't approve of this that at is, all. This is dangerous. So, th- this could go down a, a dark path. Okay. Uh, what do they want to do? I don't know. Okay. I don't want. I don't know why I'm even entertaining it. Yeah, I feel like we should just ignore this as long as we can until we can't anymore. That's very fair. So, <laughs> all right. I oh, I don't care for this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Patreon. We're putting out so much content right now. We've got not so super movies as always. We've got Batman animation and Blurt and Turney. We just put out a new one last week. Right. We've got more pull list coming soon. A new not so super movie came out last week too. Yeah. Perfect. Hi-ya. It just, it, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Sweep the leg. It was the Karate Kid. Yes, Brian, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and next month, it'll be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Can't wait for that one. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to our Patreon so you can get those goodies. And if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, you can send them to keeppodcasters at gmail.com. We haven't gotten a whole lot of mail lately. so It's been uh, quiet. People have been busy. Too quiet. I guess that's what we're going to look at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, don't forget to head over to the Super Stuff store. Oh, yeah. Get that sweet, sweet merch. Oh, yeah. Brian has come up with some goodies there. And there's man, a, do they land? There's a Thanos 2020 shirt still available because apparently election's not over for some people. 
That's very fair. So you can still campaign for Thanos if you want to right. destroy half the world, which at this point doesn't look like a bad option. Uh, it's an option, that's for sure. <laughs> so I guess we're going to see you next week for Shazam! Shazam again! Same pod time? Same pod whammer! So, Dave, that's Hellboy. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is we need to get to the bottom of Abe Sapien sex. We need to figure it out <laughs> because we've talked about it now too much. Yeah. Del Toro has clearly mused about this for a decade. I don't think he does it. I imagine it involves fish parts that are not. I too- understand the fish parts of it. Do you think that he does it outside of the water and he has the scuba suit on while he does it? Or uh, or not so much. And also, I mean, he's got to know if the girl's faking it. He just puts his, his weird tentacle palms on her. Well, he can read and, minds. Exactly. So obviously, he knows. So realistically, just hear me out for a second. <laughs> okay. Would you do a fish man that could read minds, had these weird tentacle palms, and sounded like David Hyde Pierce? Yes. Was All that right. too quick to answer that? I felt too quick. It felt too quick, but you so, know what? It felt right. Anytime you say, would you have sex with a psychic, I feel like the answer should be yes. Why? Have you seen What Women Want with Mel Gibson? I have, and that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love that movie, first of all. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just okay. know. But... Can you imagine if it was reversed? I understand they did reboot it with the reverse. I watched that was, one, too. If it was reversed, but with the Mel Gibson character still there, it's like, what Mel Gibson wants? It would be like just oh, no. spewing hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something. Oh, man. Brian, what do you think happens post-credits? I think we go to a meeting at the Pentagon where everybody's sitting around discussing budget stuff. Very as, boring. As you do at the Pentagon, yeah. And uh, one of these government suit types is like, Manning, you've been saying for years, I saw you on TV saying that the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense doesn't even exist. We're cutting your budget. And he's like, all right, fine. And the meeting ends nonchalantly. And he walks out. And Myers is like, you seem so calm. They just cut all of our funding. What's wrong? He's like, ah, there's always money in the banana stand. (laughs) 